Welcome to Teachings in the Air. air, air. Welcome to Teachings in the Air podcast with Jerry Oldman. Coming to you from Hunkaminam Territory with a podcast series about indigenous men's health and wellness. We aim to inspire, motivate, and empower indigenous men to be sound in mind, body, and spirit because that's what health means. This is Teachings in the Air with Jerry Oldman. The topic of the podcast today is called Ceremony Over Distance. And how it come to be, I was contacted by Cole Daly from the University of British Columbia. Cole hosts this wonderful webinar called the UBC Learning Circle. So he called me and asked me if I would be on a webinar and that I, if I could share about self-care and wellness during the pandemic and also about the importance of continuing to ceremony and that how we can ceremony over distance. So I told uh, Cole, of course, I'd be happy to do this because I know how critical now especially that we've been into this now for a couple of months, that the self-care, that this could be a good reminder for people how to take care of their mind, their body, and their spirit. So the webinar was 90 minutes, so this will be a two-segment podcast. So this is segment one, ceremony. Welcome to the UBC Learning Circle, hosted by the Center for Excellence in Indigenous Health. I'm very pleased, I'm very excited to welcome Elder Jerry Ullman here uh, to chat with us today about um, practicing ceremony over a distance and a little bit about his experiences as an elder during this time. Um, before we begin, I would like to acknowledge that the Learning Circle is hosted on the uh, traditional territories of the Musqueam, the Squamish and the Tsleil-Waututh people. Um, and I would like to, uh, to acknowledge and appreciate them for allowing us to operate on their territory today. Um, quick little, uh, quick little um, introductions. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Cole. I'm from the Chowetel First Nation. I'll be facilitating the session today, which means that I'll kind of just be sitting and listening um, to, to our elder with all of you. Um, other Learning Circle team members um, kind of operating online today but not visible are Cynthia, our production coordinator. Um, quick moment before we kind of jump into it, Jerry, I just wanted to say for everybody that's watching today, if um, 
the topics we cover can sometimes be triggering. And I know in this troubling time that there are sensitivities that exist and, and um, are around uh, communicating about the pandemic. Um, so if that's you for today, I, I would encourage you to please, um, you know, engage in, in your self-care, whatever that looks like. If you have a support network, fantastic. Please make sure that you're able to utilize it um, alongside of our session today. Um, so with that, with my bumbling, I'm going to give uh, pass the mic on over to our elder. Um, Jerry, please take it away. Oh, thank you. I call, I call my young nephew Daily Cole, you know. <laughs> it's so good to be here with the learning circle today. And um, at this time, you know, we're in these um, unique times in all of our lives. So I just like to start off with, I, I always like to start anything that I do with a ceremony. Because ceremony is a spiritual or a public event, you know, that um, we, we become involved in in life. So I just like to start off our little session here with a song that comes from the hummingbird. And this song is, um, will be giving thanksgiving first for Tamiuch, which is a planet Earth that provides all of our medicine, food, clothing, everything we have comes from Mother Earth to survive on this planet. And then the second part of the song is to give thanksgiving for our friends and relatives. That's in Shnuknukwa. All of our friends that we met in our life that support us and our family, and especially the ones that carried us when we were babies, so we could be here today. And we're going to honor those ones with this song, all of the ones that uh, touched you in their life. We're going to thank them this morning. So first off, I'd just like to encourage you to visualize yourself as a hummingbird and hover above the earth when you hear Tamiuch and find a place that um, has comforted you and give thanksgiving to that place. It might be on the water, on a lake or the river or the ocean, or it might be in the mountains or in the desert, whatever it is for you. Give thanksgiving today for that place that nourished you and calmed your spirit. And then when you hear in Shnuknukwa, you be the hummingbird that sees the ones that helped you and supported you, and you give thanksgiving to them today. Does it sound okay for that call? Okay. Oh, 
milk. Gold, gold to milk. I love, I love you, you. I love, I awesome and all the ones that come from Europe to settle in Manitoba. Jerry's coming to you from Brandon, Manitoba today. And I acknowledge the Uchel Milch, that's the original people from this part of the country. It's part of Mother Earth. I was thanking them for taking care of in such a good way that we can survive here today. And I know that in some ways, this land has been abused. But I believe because of ceremony from the past that this land was here to nourish everyone. So I just wanted to thank the relatives from this part of the land. They call Treaty 2, Treaty 4, I believe, but there's also the Métis peoples and other ones here in Brandon. So I just thank them and acknowledge them first because I'm a guest in their land. You know, I'm an immigrant. I migrated from BC to here with my wife. And I'm just so thankful. And I'd like to thank Cole for inviting me here today to be with you. And I see names, I can, I, can, I can see some names of people that I know, like Perry, you know, Tansi Perry, you know, and the people that all over that I can see on my screen on the side. But part of the topic I was to address today was about my wellness in the times of this uh, virus. You know, and um, I have had pneumonia in the past and I'm walking pneumonia. So when I heard about the details of this virus, I got, I could say I got paranoid. I don't want to get this because my lungs are, have been damaged by pneumonia in the past. 
So I take it quite seriously. But how do I maintain that wellness? How do I be well? Wellness is about the active pursuit of keeping your mind strong, your body strong, and your spirit strong. That's what wellness actually means. It's an active pursuit of being healthy. And being healthy means to have a strong mind, body, and spirit. So that's what I focus on even more so than ever. You know, I'll, for my mind, I'm constantly finding ways to stimulate my mind, not to get trapped. Like some of the things that tempt me are things like net, Netflix, you know, and different things like that. But if I get trapped in that, my mind's not always going to be stimulated. So I'll find ways to stimulate my mind, to nourish my mind, to bring excitement to my mind. And usually that's about learning new knowledge, new skills. So I'll watch YouTube videos from different speakers, different people from different cultures to stimulate my mind. And I read a lot and write and do Sudoku, you know, to keep my mind active. So it's critical that we keep our mind active in these times, that I keep my mind active. And for my body, I keep my body nourished with good food. I will have the the odd pop or some potato chips. But basically, you want to keep with the veggies, the fruit, you know, the good food to keep my immune system strong. I also chew on roots, like there's wonderful roots here in Manitoba, and I get them from different gatherings, you know, bitter root. I chew that daily to help from my throat down. So I'll find medicines to take, and I have medicines and I'll make tea out of and I'll drink it. I burn medicine. And when I burn different herbs and plants, that's medicine that's released into the air. And I'll breathe it into my system. I'll put it into my ears. Like I literally take that smoke that burns, comes off, and I'll go like this, put it in my ears. And I remember my granny done that once and I had an earache. She blew cigarette tobacco into my ear. And, it's, and it worked. I don't know if it was the tobacco or my mother, grandmother's magic breath, but it worked. It helped my ear. So I, I was doing that with my ears because I had a little infection in my ear. I got what they call swimmer's ear. So if I get water in there, it gets, it gets uh, affected. So I was putting smoke in my ears from the smudge. So I'll find ways to take care of my body too. If I feel some arthritis, I'll get an ice pack and I'll put it under right away because there's an inflammation happening in my system. My granny used to use um, red willow. I'm going to get harvest some of that this spring to keep on hand because I am starting to get touches of arthritis. So I'll take advantage of the, from my body of the medicines that are around. Plus I do stretching some physiotherapy moves that I was taught in yoga and karate. There's a, I do San Chin and it's the first kata in the style that I learned of karate. And it's about breathing and how to move, to keep myself moving, to keep my body moving. Because I'm 71 now and I want to move like I can move now for many more years. So that's how I take care of my body. 
And I'm paying way more attention to it now that I'm trapped at home. I have more time to do it. And for my spirit, because remember, wellness is about the mind, the body, and the spirit. So I'll, for my spirit, I burn the medicines. I sing songs. I have different instruments that I use, like I have this rattle. And I'll sit and chant. Uh, an elder taught me a chant, and he says, this, uh, it's a prayer song or a protection against negativity. And I remember when I heard it, and it stayed with me. And I use that. It goes, hey, yo, hey, yo, oh, oh, hey, oh, hey, yo. And I share that with people. And that helps my spirit. Because remember, our spirit is what holds our body together. It's a magical event that happened when we were born and to be a human being. May the spirit come to our mother and father. And we started cell dividing in water. We could not exist without water. And we start cell dividing till we become who I become. And I need to have that spirit to do that. And the spirit leaves this body, Jerry's going to fall apart and go back into the universe. And my spirit will go to another place. So for my spirit, I use the medicines. There's, I breathe it in. I rub it on my skin and my hair and my ears. And I take that medicine in. For my spirit, that's holding my body together. I need to keep that spirit strong because the indicators of a strong spirit is when you have an incredible will to live, it means you don't give up. If I lost that will to live, I'd go out. I wouldn't socially distance. I'd be reckless. I'd go out there. I don't care. But my spirit is strong. I want to live. I want to be healthy. Another part about being a healthy spirit is that you want to be successful. I still have that drive to be successful at whatever I do. Washing dishes, cutting wood, talking to people, listening to people. I still want to be successful at it. I want to be good at it. And the other part of having a good spirit is you have this kindness. You're kind to people, you're kind to yourself. When you have that kindness, people want to be with you. People respect you. It's like you're earning their respect because you're saying good words to them. You're talking nice to them. You know, so that's how I've been maintaining myself during this time. And it's up to notch. I do it more. I do it more carefully because of what's going on now. You know, I want to go back to BC. I want to go back to see people I know in BC. We miss you. Yeah, and to do that, I must take care of myself in those three areas of my life, my mind, my body, and my spirit. I want to go sing songs in BC. I want to go back there and dance. And to do that, I must maintain my strength. And to do that, that's what I do now. I'm keeping myself strong for my friends and relatives in BC. When I go home, when I call home. So that's um, 
my day-to-day existence now on wellness in the coronavirus. I do get the coronavirus blues. You know, I want to go to I say I want to go to Starbucks and have a venti, you know, caramel macchiato. You know, I want to sit down and read in a newspaper in Starbucks and listen to people talk. I do get that feeling sometimes. But my spirit says, no, Jerry, you must take care of yourself. So that's what I do. You know, and it's um don't be reckless. I still have things to do. I know that in myself. To share with people, to be with people. You know, I still have that work to do. So as an elder, that's what I've been doing, you know, and my wellness plan. And I encourage everyone to have a wellness plan in those three areas. Because it's so tempting to just get into a total dis- distraction. And that happens we're not I, if I just got into distraction, I wouldn't be developing. I'm continuously developing and growing. You know, like this elder told me, you never stop learning. You never stop being a student. Because the word student means a consistent observer, someone that watches and listens when there's someone speaking to see what we can learn from them. I'm still a student. I'll be a student all my life. And I also am blessed I get to teach, too. That's what I feel I'm doing today. I'm laying teachings at your feet. And, um, and if you like them, you pick them up and you run with them and you use them. You know, like using the, our medicines, for instance, like the rat root, the sage, the juniper. I just love this fungus. And I asked an elder, what's this fungus for? And he says, oh, that's for your brain. Because our people knew there's medicine for every organ in our body in the earth. Every organ, skin, eyes, heart, liver, pancreas, brain. There's medicine in the earth for that. I had four sweats in a row, you know, for uh, supporting the ones that are looking for the cure for coronavirus. I told my wife I'm going to have four sweats. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, last week, to support the healers, to send them energy. You know, and I feel like I'm contributing to the healing. And that's what I've done. You know, and I'll continue to do that. Every Sunday I have a sweat and I send energy as part of my wellness plan. I'm so glad I have that. You know, I don't sit with people in the lodge because I, I know that's not safe. So I go, but I go by myself. I sit in there and I sing and I send energy. And I take that heat and, and the medicine that it helps me, you know, to stay strong. You know, there are times I have gotten depressed in this four months of shutdown, you know, Wanting to go back to BC sometimes. Sometimes I get scared that I'll lose some of my relatives to this. But to maintain that strength and not to stop and do the ceremony, which I'll talk about next. But um, so that uh, covers the first part, Cole, about me taking care of myself. So I don't know if you wanted to take questions and answers for that part now or just move on to the second part.
Um, we can take, we have a few questions that have already cropped up and they're kind of, um, you know, just kind of, they're short, quick questions. Um, okay. So we can go for there. So the first one I have here, um, right away, Perry asks, um, what makes, what makes an elder? And I think it's a good question to start from to contextualize um, the circle today and, and kind of why we're talking for everybody that doesn't know. Yes, that's a very good question. Because um, I, in my view, there's elder and there's senior. The, and a senior is someone that's, let's say in society, they say over 65. That's a senior. Now, elders, to me, are the ones that absorb the teaching and share it, the teachings. Yes, yeah, so an elder is um, someone that has been given teachings or gathered teachings for the people. Then they go share it with the people. That's an elder to me. Someone that has skills and knowledge and kindness, and they go share it with the people. Now, a senior... There's many seniors, and there's lots of good seniors. Don't get me wrong in the compare and contrast of elder and senior. There's lots of seniors that can share practical ideas and knowledge. But elders carry cultural knowledge, their culture, their way of life, indigenous knowledge. There's seniors that can carry Christian knowledge. That's not indigenous. Like I carry Statlium knowledge as well as Coast Salish and other nations that have shared knowledge with me. And I share it with people too. But I don't say that I'm Anishinaabe or whatever, I'm Statlium. And I'll say, oh, I learned this from that man over there. Like I learned about medicines from a man, from a Blackfoot man. You know, and he was teaching about medicines. So I share the knowledge about those medicines that he shared with me. So that's an elder, someone that shares to help the people. Awesome. Thanks very much, Jerry. Um, so we have a few more questions here. Um, and the first one uh, comes, from, comes from Neil. Um, and he said, very grateful for the circle today. Thank you, Elder Jerry, for this time. Um, he expresses that he misses you here in Vancouver. He's with the Indigenous Health Team at St. Paul's Hospital. He's also from the community in Nova Scotia. He says NS, but I assume it's Nova Scotia that was devastated this weekend by violence. Yes. Do you have any messages for patients of our hospital or his community in Nova Scotia to give them comfort during this time? Yes, uh, you know, I've... I, I've been to Truro, Nova Scotia, and Halifax, and different reservations, uh, Chubanagadi, and places in Nova Scotia. When I heard of the, what happened, you know, and, and you know, the message for those ones, and as well as for patients, I usually say to the patients, I know you didn't ask for this. I know you didn't ask for this cancer or whatever it is you're afflicted with. And um, I say that to them so they won't blame themselves. And I know what happened in Nova Scotia to the people, they didn't ask for that. No one in their right mind would ask for that, multiple killings. And I would say to them, you tie yourself together now, which they are, I see they are already doing that. 
in the indigenous way, they say, tie yourself together now. Because you don't want anybody to drift away on their own and suffer by themselves. We must tie everybody together. And I literally say tie, but it means, you know, to connect with one another, to keep in touch with one another, and to communicate with each other. You know, like, oh, I, I phone, if you know someone in Nova Scotia, phone them and say, oh, hey, I'm just phoning to let you know I'm here. You know, to let them know there's somebody with them. One of the bad feelings in life is to feel all alone, you know, when in times of crisis or trauma. So it's good, good like an uh, elder told me, when things like that are happening, something happens, you go over there. And now we do it virtually like we are on Zoom here. And you let them know. When we can go there in person, you can go to them and say, I'm here. If you need a hug, I'll give you a hug. If you need to talk, I'll listen. Other than that, I'm just going to be here even in silence just to support you. That's such a wonderful way. I was taught this by an elder from Tsleil-Waututh. He says, if somebody's really suffering, Jerry, you go over and be with them. And let them know right away, I'm here. If you want a hug, I'll give you a hug. If you want to talk, I'm going to listen. Other than that, I'm just going to sit with you. And I've done that ever since he told me, and it works. So he sent virtual hugs to Nova Scotia. You know, you, you listen, you talk, you phone, or Skype, or Zoom, or FaceTime, and listen to them, give them a chance to talk. When this happens, I, I found that Nowadays, we lose patience or we're, we're growing up a different lifestyle. But if you go sit with somebody and you give them those messages, I've sat with people, that I, sat, I was sitting with a young man, his sister murdered somebody, and he was traumatized. He was withdrawing. So I went to sit beside him and I said, I'm here, if you need a hug, I'll give you a hug. If you need to talk, I'll listen. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit here with you. So I sat there, it must be five minutes, then he starts talking. He's saying, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what people think about me and my sister, my family. So he started talking about his fear. And, we, and counselors know as soon as someone starts talking, disclosing their, what's making them feel bad or causing suffering, that 50% of the stress leaves that body once they're truthful with somebody else. So that's what I would suggest we do with the ones in Nova Scotia. And with the patients, you know, I, I can only imagine the fear they have being in the hospitals and things and wondering if they're going to get the virus. Is this to... I think about that, I thought about it in the times when I see people supporting them by banging pots and pans and tooting horns, it actually brought tears to my eyes. That there's nurses and doctors are being supported. I tell the patients when I used to go to the hospitals, you become an active participant in your healing. You listen to those doctors and nurses. You 
participate in this healing, and if it means distancing, you do that. No matter how uncomfortable it is, you don't go out in that hallway. If they tell you to stay there, you stay there. It's really important that we learn how to listen now, all of us. Total listen. And the ones that know, the knowledgeable people that talk to us, the ones that really know. There's a lot of people now that will say things, that, but they don't really know. Like me talking about the virus, I'll share, I'll make sure I'll say, I know that it will live on a surface, like in a surface of my computer here. If that virus lands there, I was told it can live up to 72 hours on a solid surface. That means if, uh, if it's sitting there for a day and I go touch that surface and I touch my eyes or my mouth, it's going to enter me. I believe that because a professional you know, gave that message. So I believe that. So that's why the patients, we tell them, now is the time to listen. And that might get more uncomfortable for you. This is for your good and for the good of everyone. It's like that saying, the honor of all is honor of one is honor of all. The safety of one is the safety of all. You know, and, uh, you know, they can help in the hospital as patients. You know, by listening. And also, the next part of my present my talk here is going to be about doing ceremony. And I would like more people to start to do that. So when I get a chance to talk about that, I'll share that. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. And um, yeah, I agree. I think it's important for us to to recognize and acknowledge knowledge uh, acknowledge experts at this time, right? Whether it's uh, an expert like an elder or a knowledge keeper um, or a doctor or a health professional, right? Um, I think now is actually a really good time to pivot and uh, let's chat about ceremony at a distance. Okay. Okay, first off, ceremony is an event that human beings do. And, uh, they can, it either can be a spiritual event, a religious event, or a public event. So public events like graduation ceremony. Oh, our children walk across the stage with those robes on and we cry, you know, that's a good ceremony. Because they've gone through 12 years of school, four years of college or university, and there they are. That's a ceremony, you know, that's a public event ceremony. Then religious ceremonies to me are like Catholic, Muslim, those kinds of things, where they have a belief and a faith. Then the spiritual ceremonies are, about, are ceremonies to nourish the human spirit, to heal the human body, mind, and spirit. That's what the ceremonies are for me in the spiritual realm. And that we can do this. Like I do a ceremony every day when I light my smudge bowl, the medicine, and I'm taking it in, that's a ceremony. And it's something I'll do consistently. So we can do that, and as soon as we help ourselves, we're helping our relatives and our friends because um, we're strengthening ourselves. 
I used to wonder why my aunties used to laugh and they have sparkly eyes. They say, "Oh, where are you going, son? Oh, I'm going to have a sweat." And they'd laugh and they'd be happy and they'd say, "Oh, good." Uh, it's, and I figured it out later. They knew that at some point I'm going to pray. I'm going to send energy to them through prayer or through music. Because during ceremony, there's a partner for the female energy. And that's our, all of the females that are our family and our friends. I've been sending energy to the, when the females, you know, to the researchers that are looking for a cure, women, or the women doctors, the women nurses, the janitors, the cooks, all those frontline workers in the hospital that are female, I'll send energy for them through ceremony from a distance. And it, because our, our thoughts are energy. Even because every thought you have is a muscular reaction in your body. If you're panicky, you know, your tummy, you'll feel it in your tummy like butterflies in your tummy. And your breathing will be affected. <laughs> you might start hyperventilating or suffocating by hardly breathing. So every thought creates an action in our body. So when we think of other human beings, like say that are Nova Scotia, and we think positive things to them, that energy goes through the air to them, or through the earth to them. If you're in a sweat lodge, like in the sweat lodge, all those willows are in the earth. So it's part of the earth and the energy from an air ghost travels through the earth. That's how we can send in ceremony, send help to loved ones or people that like, now I don't know those doctors that are working in front line, but I send them energy, you know, because they're putting their life on the line. We, we need to do what we can do. And that's what I do, you know, and it's, um, so I can do that sitting in sweat lodge or sitting in front of my smudge bowl or, or standing outside underneath a spruce tree. I can put myself in that state of sending energy. But, you know, and, um, the way that I started, I wasn't always like this. The way I started, I always had to have a smudge bowl or a sweat lodge before I, before I thought I can do ceremony. But now I, I've come to the belief that indigenous people live ceremonial life. When they have a drink of water, I see an elder like this. I said to one of the aunties, how come the old man's got that glass of water to his forehead? She said, he's talking to the water thanking the water for his life. And she says, uh, she knows him, and she says, also, he's asking that his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, have water too. So that was the ceremony, the drinking the water ceremony, you know. I feel today that to put ourselves into the state of ceremony is critical. Remember, it's a spiritual, public, or religious event. So when we're into spirit mode, of other people's spirit, 
Because everybody that's walking around today have a spirit. If it's weak, they don't have that will to live. They're reckless. They say, oh, no, I'm going to go out and demonstrate, you know, open up the business. To me, that's a sign of a weak spirit. It doesn't really want to live. My spirit was very weak when I was addicted. When I was into alcohol and drugs, my spirit was weak. In a sense, I didn't want to live. It was a slow suicide drinking. I, I'm not ashamed to admit that, because that was real. And I had to beat that. And what pulled me out of it is ceremony. Consistent ceremony. Not when I need it, but do it consistently. And ceremony is about asking for help, appealing sincerely for help around a specific issue like coronavirus, grief and loss, or celebration. Oh, all of a sudden my children got a name in the longhouse or in the community, they got an indigenous name, that's a celebration ceremony. Or coming of age, that's one that I pray that will come back. And we do coming of age with all of our ones that are gonna become men and women. I really pray hard that comes back eventually because that ceremony, I feel, prepares those ones to be men and women. Because my view today is that we got a lot of 25, 30 year old people still acting like uh, kids. Because I know I come from that too. I didn't go through puberty ceremony until I was 27 years of age. It's not too late to do those things. I had to go look at myself to see what my purpose is in life. Why am I here? So I do that in ceremony, isolation ceremony. The ceremony is where there's 500 people in a room, 20 people in a room. Then we also do our own individual ceremonies. And that's what I'd like to encourage people to do, to find a way. You can ceremony with the five elements in mind. Fire, you can light a candle. And light a candle for those people in Nova Scotia. That's fire. Not about Christianity, it's about fire. You can put down a bowl of water for the people in Nova Scotia, or wherever, because water is life. You know, you think of those elements and how to use them, like the plant that comes out of the earth. We could put that down like sweetgrass, cedar, sage, hemlock, all of the medicines. We could put that down and it's, uh, it's like creating a sacred space for ceremony. I know people that light a candle and they're in ceremony. When I light my smudge bowl and I sit and meditate, I'm in ceremony. I encourage people to find a way to develop your way to ceremony because it's about helping others. Being compassionate, that means you're a willing participant with other people's suffering. If someone is depressed, you'll go participate them in a way to try and help them out of that. If someone is angry, you'll try to help them. You'll, you'll send energy to them. 
That's what I do. I pray uh, when I send energy. I say, uh, I want teachers and healers for my grandchildren. Because I can't see them now. So I want teachers and healers to come into their life. I'll send that energy through the air. Like my podcasts are called Teachings in the Air that I do. And that's what it's referring to, that everything we have comes through the air for us as human beings. The medicines come through the air to us and they become part of our body. Just like food, like deer meat becomes part of my body. So I learned to respect the deer meat, the salmon. When I first started doing ceremonies in 1976, kept, I kept expanding because all the ceremonies were about myself when I first started. Keep me sober. I don't want those drugs. I don't want that booze in my system. That was my ceremony. After I got stronger, then I started to think of other people. Then I started sending energy to my loved ones, to my friends. Or if someone makes a request to me. People have asked me to send energy to mothers, women that want to have a baby. So I do that. And the requirement to do a ceremony is just to be sincere. It means mean it and believe it. Mean more, especially, is mean it, what you're doing. This is, I'm really sincere about this. That's what you say to you. That's what the energy is about you. You're sincere. You're not lying. You're not making up. You're, you're doing it.